0: This is Jeff Power, Senior Writer with Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be joined once again by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis is a co-worker of mine. He does a great job on the podcast, and we're going to help you get ready for Week 7 of the fantasy football season. Before I get to that interview with Curtis, I did want to remind you that we do do daily games here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com. Click on the daily link at the top of the page. Get in a daily game today. You can get in football or basketball daily games here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. There's all different price points, all different formats. Go to rtsports.com. Click on the daily link at the top of the page and get in a daily league today at here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis has been on the show with me before, and we're going to help you get ready for week seven of the fantasy season. Curtis, thanks so much for joining me again, once again. No problem. Good to be here, Jeff. So, Curtis, I wanted to talk about the fantasy topics of the week before we get into our hot, cold, and sleeper plays. First off, how about this Eagles running back situation? Who do you like more going forward? Do you like Wendell Smallwood
1: or Corey Clement? This is tough for me. Uh I originally was picking Wendell Smallwood, and I got him in a couple of leagues on the waiver wire, but kind of looking at it, I mean, they're pretty even in a lot of their stats. Uh, you know, they're both over, just over four yards per carry. Um, kind of get the sense that Smallwood's a little better re, a runner versus Clement being a receiver, but bottom line, I'm, I'd am probably pick Clory Clement. I think he just has a little more big playability. He has a couple of rushes of over 20-plus yards, and I think he, you know, before J.J. got hurt, he was second in the pecking order. So probably stick with that, but I think it's pretty close between them.
0: Yeah, I think I like Clement a little more as well. I think he's just built for the three-down work a little better. I think Smallwood will get his catches love value, but if I had to pick out of the two, I'd probably lean Clement as well. And in a similar situation to that, Curtis, I wanted to ask you about the Bears' backfield. So we have Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Uh, who do you like out of that? Out of those two going forward? Who, who would you rather have on your team?
1: On this I'd probably go with Cohen. Um, my logic was, he's right now he's doing better in both uh, running and passing. He, he just one more explosive, more dynamic. Uh, I think Howard still is in line to probably get some goal line carries, but overall, um, Howard or I'm sorry, Cohen. I, I just think with the offense that they've been running and their possibly in a shootout, you know, going into New England. I think Cohen gets more touches because he's, he's dynamic. He can help, you know, on every single down. They can line up with a line screen game. So I think he probably gets a little more involved. Yeah, it pains me to say this, but I think I like Cohen a little more than Howard as well. I picked Howard
0: in several of my leagues. been a bust for me. My biggest complaint for him is his lack of work in the passing game since week one. He's gotten next to nothing. Cohen's getting a lot more chances to catch the ball. So I think that helps his value a little more. The big news of the week—it uh, hasn't happened yet, Curtis—but Le'Veon Bell—he's set to return most likely after their bye week this week. I just want to know: How do you think this situation is going to play out? We don't know how uh, they're going to utilize these
1: backs. So, if you had to guess, how do you think it's going to work with Le'Veon Bell and James Conner? I think at best for Bell owners, I mean, I don't see him getting more than 50% of the workload. Really, Conner's done a great job filling in. He's averaging over 100 uh, scrimmage yards a game. Uh, he's averaging a touchdown a game. He's uh, one of the top backs. I think he's number 5 right now in fantasy scoring. So, he's earned himself a big role in the offense. I think he has to trust of his teammates. You don't know how long it's going to take Bell to kind of get reacclimated with uh, just in the pace of the game. So, obviously Bell's probably not going to stay in Pittsburgh next year. I think the Steelers, you know, will give Connor you know, first dibs, but you know, recognizing Bell is a playmaker at best I think he gets you know around 40 50% of the workload.
0: Yeah, I've been getting this question a lot this week about Bell and how how I think he's going to be used. It's a tough call for me. I, I do think Bell might end up getting a little more work than Conner going forward once he gets up to speed in the offense. But Conner's the future in Pittsburgh right now because like you said, I don't think Bell's going to sign after the season, especially after this year. So I think both these guys are going to be used and they're going to be used a lot. So they're both going to have value going forward, but I might give a slight edge to Bell. Last week in San Francisco, Curtis, everyone was shocked, and Alfred Morris played just one snap. Matt Breida handled a lot of the work, which we expected, but Raheem Mostert got a lot of work as well. Um, Mostert, is he going to be a viable fantasy option going forward? Was this just a one-week fluke, and Morris is going to be more involved going forward, or do you think Mostert's actually a legit
1: guy that might be able to help fantasy teams? I think he he's worth an add in in deeper leagues and, and potentially dynasty leagues. I would be hesitant to give him anything. You know, I don't know that he's a flex play at this point right now. Um, to me, I've I've never been a big fan of Alfred Morris. He's he's kind of a plotter in my opinion. He's always uh, been at four yards per carry or a little under. Um, according to Kyle Shanahan, you know the move wasn't permanent. He's not saying that Monster will be above Morris, but Given the way that it kind of played out and um, you know, Mostert's ability to contribute both in the run and in the pass game, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to get more and more involved going forward.
0: Yeah, I don't like Morris
1: at all, and I'll be a little
0: meaner than you. I think he's a bum at this stage of his career. He just doesn't bring much to the table to me. I think Mostert will be involved, but I just don't know if he'll be as effective uh, every week as he was this past week. I think Breed is still the guy to own this offense, and I like him a lot. Uh, for for fantasy purposes. I think Monster might be able to help maybe in a spot play in the right matchup, but I'm not expecting much from him. So I want to talk about some struggling quarterbacks with you, Curtis. We have Derek Carr, Eli Manning, Case Keenum. None of these guys have really lived up to expectations to date. Uh, Who do you like the best out of that group if you had to pick one of them going forward? Any of these guys going to turn it around?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I would trust any of them in terms of fantasy, but if I had to pick one... I'd probably choose Derek Carr. I mean my thought process is look, I like Case Keenum's weapons. I think he has kind of a favorable upcoming schedule, but he also seems to have the shortest leash at this point. Uh, there's kind of rumors going around that Chad Ke- Chad Kelly, uh Denver back quarterback, could get a look, you know, if Keenum continues to struggle. Manning might have the best weapons on out of the three, but they're just your evidence that he's struggling to throw the ball downfield and, and the Giants seem real concerned about that. So I'd go with Carr. He's younger, has a longer leash, a little more dynamic. We've seen flashes of it in the past so out of the three I'm probably going with him. I'm gonna deviate
0: from me a little bit, Curtis. I'm gonna go with Case Keenum. I know he hasn't been very good and I know you said Chad Kelly could be looked at at some point this year but I'm not sure that's gonna happen just because of the contract they gave Keenum and they're probably gonna stick with him and although Keenum hasn't been great for the Denver Broncos. He's been okay for fantasy teams. He has three 300-yard games, multiple touchdown games, two straight, and three of six games this year. So from a fantasy perspective, I probably like Keenum the most out of that group. So let's delve into Week 7 out. Curtis, how about some waiver wire ads? Anybody out there on the waivers you think could help fantasy teams this week?
1: Sure. So two people I'm targeting. Uh, first one, Texans running back Deonta Foreman. Uh, he's likely not to play this week, but he seems near return, possibly a week eight or nine activation from his Achilles injury that he suffered last year. So uh, you look at the other Texans running back, Alfred Blue and Lamar Miller, they're both under 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, the offensive line is certainly to blame, too, for the Texans, but you know you can't really overhaul an offensive line overnight. So I think the Texans, once four back and he proves he's healthy, he could get a real look. And then another ad I'm looking at is Colts wide receiver Chester Rogers. Uh, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton seems on track to play this week, um, but wide receiver Ryan Grant is, did not practice Wednesday and, and seems doubtful at this point. So Colts are one of the heavier passing teams in the league. Um, Rogers has done pretty good. He's averaged over 16 points the past three games with 10 targets in each of those games. So I think he could be a viable option this week off of waivers.
0: I like the Foreman suggestion, Curtis. He's a good speculative ad for the rest of the year. I would not doubt at all if he becomes a starter at some point in the near future. I like that. A couple of waiver wire ads for me this week. I'll give you another Colt and I'll I'll go with Marlon Mack. I'm kind of surprised by this, but he's available in 41% of leagues on our site, which is a little surprising because he is a starter in that offense. We saw that last week. Finally returned from injury, ran 12 times for 89 yards. Looked pretty good. So I think he has some value to fantasy teams. Another guy I like is uh, Albert Wilson with Miami. He had his first 100-yard game of the season last week. He has 11 receptions his last two games, and he has at least four catches three straight games. So he's been pretty good uh, much of the year. He's emerging as the top target in that passing game. I know Ryan Tannehill out is a concern, but I think Wilson has some value as a number three or four fantasy receiver, and he's available in 78% of leagues on our site. So a lot of leagues have Wilson out there.
1: So, Curtis, how about some hot plays for this week? Who do you got? Who do you like uh, to do very well in week seven? Sure. So, first guy I'm picking who had a monster game last week is Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Um, Patriots are the eighth most points, fantasy points, of quarterbacks this year. Uh, I would expect to shoot out. You know, obviously, New England's capable of putting up 40 points in a game, so the Bears could be. Um, you know, throwing a lot to try to keep up with that. Uh, in the past two games, Trubisky's thrown for th- over 300 yards and combined for nine passing touchdowns in those two games. So I don't know, if, you know, temper expectations a little bit. I don't know if you're looking at it maybe three or four touchdown day, but uh, I do like what he offers there. And then another person is Broncos running back Philip Lindsay against the Cardinals. The Cardinals allow the second most points to running backs in fantasy. Um, it's a winning game for the, kind of the struggling Broncos, Broncos. Cardinals are only putting up, you know, around twenty points. So don't expect a blowout here. You know, the Broncos could run and try to keep the run game going, stay consistent. Lindsay's been more efficient both through the air and on the ground than fellow teammate running back Royce Freeman. So uh, I like him here. I think that he could be used in a variety of different ways. I like Tyler
0: Boyd a lot this week. He's one of my hot plays. he Found the end zone multiple times last week for the first time all season. He has emerged as a legit top target in this offense. He has at least four receptions, five straight games. So he's getting a lot of work, a lot of volume. He also has two 100-yard games and 90-plus yards, three of six games. So I think he's going to do very well again this week in a high-scoring game against the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a shootout, a lot of points to be had on both sides of the ball. Kansas City allows the 11th most fantasy points to receivers. And they're just 27th overall against the pass. So I look for Boyd to have another big showing in this one. And I'm going to give you a bear as well, uh, Curtis, for one of my hot plays. But I'll go with the tight end, Trey Burton. Burton has touchdowns two straight and three or four games. So he's been very good in the red zone. He has four receptions, three or five games as well. So he's getting some work in the passing game, a passing game that suddenly looks very good. And he plays the Patriots, like you said, could be a high-scoring game. The Patriots have allowed... 15 passing touchdowns this year, and they've also allowed the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends. So, this is a prime matchup for Burton to do well. Very uh, once again, he's a top 10 fantasy tight end in my eyes. On the
1: flip side, how about some cold plays, Curtis? Anybody you're avoiding this week? Uh, First and foremost, Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Um, Giants allowed the fifth fewest points to receivers. uh, Beyond that, the downside is he seems on track to play Ridley. Uh, he's dealing with an ankle injury, but he, he does play Monday night. So, you know, in case he was to be, uh, you know, if he's a game-time decision and he's not able to go, it doesn't really give you a lot of flexibility. Um, beyond that, he he's made a lot of his points through touchdowns. I don't think that's going to be easy to sustain. He's only averaging about six tar- targets a game, so it brings a little concern with Ridley right now. Another guy is Texans wide receiver Will Fuller against Jacksonville. Jacksonville allows the fewest points to receivers. Fuller's kind of been on a little rough stretch. He's only had two catches in each of the past two games. Uh, he does have a lot of big playability, so that's something that's certainly enticing to fantasy owners. But he also only has three total red zone targets the entire season. So while he could break a long one, you know, if he's not getting regular looks, you know, to score touchdowns, that that's a concern for me.
0: I have a fellow Texan on my cold list as well. I have have, uh, Fuller's quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Not big on him this week. He had his worst game of the season last week. Just didn't look very good. Just threw for 177 yards and a touchdown. But the bigger concern for me was he turned the ball over three times in that game. So he's in a little bit of a funk right now. He has two straight games with just one touchdown pass. Just a little out of the ordinary for Watson. Now he gets Jacksonville. Like you said, Curtis Jacksonville did have a stumble last week in their game. But that's still a very good defense they allow the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this year and their first overall against the pass so if you have better options at quarterback i would look for them over watson in week seven and another cold play for me might be a little surprising but i'm going to tell everybody to slow the roll on josh gordon a little bit i know a lot of people are high on him after last week he led the team in targets with nine but he still has not had more than 50 yards in a game so He hasn't showed me yet that he's back to being that elite fantasy receiver. Still has a lot of guys to compete with for targets. Plays the Bears this week. They allow just 19.2 points per game. They have a very good defense, so I'm not just huge on Gordon as a plug-and-play guy right now for my fantasy team. How about some sleeper plays, Curtis? Who do you got as a sleeper for this week? Maybe somebody flying under the radar I think could do well for fantasy teams. We have four, four teams on a bye this week, so a lot of tough lineup decisions for people how about a couple guys that
1: could help uh help those decisions sure so one guy um kind of hit on two different bears already but i do like bears wide receiver uh, taylor gabriel against the patriots again going back to just it could be a shootout against tom brady and company and fellow bears wide receiver Allen robinson has been limited in, in practice so um gabriel seems like a good option could be the first option in the bears passing game and uh, he's he's shown good lately. He's made some big plays. Another guy I like is Lions running back, on Johnson. Um, Dolphins go up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, Fellow running back, Theo Riddick, he seems on track to miss the game, and so that opens up the door for Johnson to get more involved in the passing game, and just overall, it seems to be like he's kind of taking grip on the number one role for the Lions, so uh, he was tied for the league, uh, for the lead in teams' offensive snaps between all three running backs. And I think he's just the best overall running back on the, on the roster, so I expect him to get involved. I like Baker
0: Mayfield as a sleeper this week, uh, Curtis. I like him a lot. He has at least 230 yards all three games that he started, and he has scores all of those games. His numbers have not been off the charts for fantasy purposes, but they've been consistent. But the thing that I've looked at is he's had some pretty tough defensive opponents, and this week he finally has a prime matchup for a big game. Plays the Bucks. We all know they're just terrible defensively. They allow the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I think Mayfield's a legit low-end number one quarterback in this matchup. I think he'll do very well. Another guy for me, I think he's kind of flying under the radar is Jaguar, Jaguars receiver Dede Westbrook. Westbrook scored his second touchdown of the season last week. He has at least three receptions every game. Another guy has been pretty consistent. He has 50-plus yards, four of six games, plays the Texans. They're just so-so against the pass. They rank 14th overall against the pass, so I think Westbrook can do again, do well again in this matchup, and he's a good spot play for all those teams looking for a bye week or injury replacement in Week 7. Curtis, great stuff today. Appreciate you coming on with me again for the podcast. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Thanks a lot,
1: Curtis. Absolutely no problem. Good to talk to you, Jeff.
0: And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for doing a great job on the podcast and helping you get ready for Week 7 of the NFL season. And good luck to all of you in your fantasy games this weekend. Thanks for listening. This is Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.